Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined by Matt Kendrick for a positive, happy podcast for the, probably the first time this season, first time since pre-season. Uh, Matt, how are you? In a good mood? You're, you'll never sing that. You'll <laughs> never sing that. A nice, positive, happy podcast. <laughs> you'll never sing that. It's, a, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It feels good, Just, doesn't it? What a good, solid, strong performance can do. You know, I, I doubt we've had, we've had many Aston Villa fans who have, have moved, you know, departed Villa Park after a match, and almost felt a real kind of feel-good factor back um, mm. after with four points from eighteen. Well, we've had a couple of comments in the last couple of saying, you know, you guys are way too negative, and this is so depressing. And you know, for, for, in my opinion, for every you know every, every, every reason, we're nineteenth. We'd, we'd won one game. You know, I think we were right to be negative and, and downbeat about the whole situation. But you can only talk about the, the most recent game. And like you said, we're not going to get carried away. But this should now be the performance that is a building block for hopefully the season going forward. And, you know, there'll be some people that are saying it, it papers over the cracks and Gerard Slap is depth and, and whatever have you. But for me, this should now be the start of something. And, and I, you know, I asked you last episode that you were on, have you seen anything from Gerard or have you seen anything this season that gives you faith that things can be turned around? And we both said no. I would like to think the answer to that might be yes tonight, that the rest, we have seen things that, that we can take going forward. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, like I said before, <clears throat> oh my God. Oh, so where, where's Ashley Priest? Where's the John Downward? My wife's asking, has it stopped? Oh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. My family, are what my dad's watching this up in, in another room. So if you well, want to text me, don't get involved, get involved in the nonsense. I've got my phone here as well. I'm going to turn my phone off, but I've got to... Um, I can't remember the people who I've got a name check now, but anyway. Um, what was the question? Yeah, it's... it's. <laughs> what is this show? It's it's chaos from the Kendrick household. It's it's a rot stopper, is what I was saying. It's one yeah. that just... You know, if our journey this season um, is... was driving 100 miles, then we've actually finally reversed off the drive uh, and pointed <laughs> the car in the right direction. Um <laughs> So I think it's um, – I can't fault them today, you know, and that, I, mm. I don't think being absolutely delighted with a point against Manchester City, given the form that we went into the game in, I don't think that's – do you know what I mean? I don't – I think that, that that's fair. Some people say, well, we didn't win, we've only got a point point for our efforts. But I think given the context of that game and given that we, we thought we were going to get an absolute battering, I thought I thought the game plan. It was very simple, but it was very effective, and it was followed to a letter by everybody on that team. I thought they played like a team today. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Gerard set us up just right. Um, I really thought that the goal just after half time was going to knock the stuffing out of us, and it was going to lead to a capitulation. But we kind of took it on the chin and and went again. And you know, listen, I think a draw was probably a fair result in the end. 
but mm-hmm. we could have we could have sneaked it. And I've just watched the highlights back on YouTube. I'm not quite sure what that game that goal has been disallowed for. They're claiming offside. Mm-hmm. We'll never talk offside. about that in a sec. Yeah, well, listen, we'll get get into the um, into the finer details of it, but it was a very very encouraging performance from Aston Villa. It was one performance from Aston Villa. We mm-hmm. need another. How many games have played? Six. We need another thirty-two <laughs> of them, don't we? Well, I think if we'd have started the season well, most people would have looked at you know this game in isolation as a one-all draw with Man City as a good result, regardless of the start we'd have had because they're the reigning champions. They they could batter any side. So given the start we've had as well, and that we've been so poor and so downbeat about a system and what formation's best and all these different questions that we've got, I think a one-all draw is a brilliant result in the context of the season so far. Um, We'll start with the team news, like we always do, and we'll try and do this in chronological order and give it some kind of structure after the first three or four minutes of nonsense on your end. Like my mum has just texted me and said, can you please explain we don't live in a 1950s model house with the decor. They've got a nice fancy like, cabin shed thing up the garden. I don't know why I've got to justify this to anybody, to be honest, who cares? But there'll be somebody in the YouTube comments now writing out, going, oh, what's Dan's wallpaper? Where's he live? Um, the team news, I was a little bit surprised, actually, with it being Ramsey in that kind of left number 10 position or, or whatever you want to call it. I thought he would... I mean, we have called for that, to be fair. Me and Pat were speaking about it the other day on, on a preview show. Um, but I thought it would just be a Coutinho or Wendier in there because that's what we've seen so far. Maybe Wendier for a bit of energy and a bit of legs. But that system that had Bailey and, and Ramsey both dropping really narrow when we didn't have the ball and Bailey presses the right-hand side and, and Ramsey presses the left-hand side or vice versa. It really had that kind of shape where you thought, okay, I can at least see what we're doing. And that's all I can ask for at the moment. We were saying we need to see some kind of semblance of a plan. And I thought for the first time this season, you know, probably our most difficult game of the season on paper, it's probably one of our best results or best performances, sorry, because you can at least come away from and go, I know I knew what we were trying to do today and what we tried think, to do worked. I think that's you know, we've said this before, don't we? You get you can get people with a greater tactical grasp of football than, than us on. Probably, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Probably get anybody off, the street, anybody off the street to do that, to be honest. But you're right. There was actually a tangible, visible game plan today. Mm. I thought it was, and it, it's easy to say in hindsight, but it, it was the right game plan as well. Pack the midfield. Um, I don't think I don't think Villa did, did a lot wrong in the first half. I thought we were so disciplined off the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those, it's a bit like table football, isn't it, when you've got, Everybody moving together, you know, and and working like that. And I, I thought, I thought we were so good off the ball first half that it was difficult to be too harsh on us on the ball. I mean, even on the ball, we were a lot better than we were against Arsenal, which we couldn't couldn't have been much worse. Oh, yeah, to be honest. But you almost could forgive them for thinking, well, you've been so good at staying in shape and making it difficult for for Manchester City to to break through or to play through the lines that if <laughs> when you've got the ball, there's no obvious outlet, um, or you're just using it for respite. Then that's fine. Um, so I thought, I thought first half, I thought the, I thought the game plan was was just so. Even then, at half time, you're thinking, well, Pep Guardiola is going to get stuck into them, and maybe mm. we're going to see a two nil or three nil rather than a six nil or or seven nil. Um, but I thought, I thought to a man. They were really good. I mean, my, my my standout players would probably be probably Mings and Ashley Young at mm. the back. Um, Douglas Louise probably was the my pick of the of the midfielders. I thought Watkins worked hard. I thought his hold up play was better than it normally is. 
Um, mm-hmm. And just Bailey, I think. I know he's obviously he's obviously scored the goal, but Bailey looked like a team player to me today, mm. and it's the first time I've seen that. And that's not supposed to be a criticism of him. Um, I think sometimes we do, you know, sometimes we see Bailey as a highlights reel, don't we, and a tricks and flicks merchant rather than. Um, you know, rather than the all-round package. But I think he he kind of sacrificed himself for the team when he needed to. He got into position when he needed to. He worked hard. Um and that was that that was one of the most encouraging things for me that 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 the performances of everybody was was quite selfless. And by doing that, uh, by having a co- coherent plan and everybody sticking to it, that's got us the reward of a of a really, really hard earned and a really well appreciated point. I must admit, when Matty Cash goes down injured in whatever minute it was, and they send Ashley Young off for, for a warm up, I did kind of go, "What's going to happen here?" Thirty-five year old Ashley Young coming on, and he, you know he's been a good servant for us, and he's you know not really ever let us down. But you do, you play Man City, you think you know they could rip the best fullback apart. You know what's Ashley Young going to do? That substitutes change the game <laughs> for the better. For somehow we were better with Ashley Young on there. And there's all the little things about, you know, game management and time waste and stuff like that, that a bit of know-how and a bit of nails that he brings to the side. But physically, he, he looks he looks as fit as ever. He looks like 21-year-old Ashley Young. There was that one moment where everything kind of sparked into life on the 35th minute or something like that. I thought, to be honest, the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought, oh, you know, we're giving the ball away a lot. We keep we keep hold of the ball for about three seconds and Man City back on us again. Every corner they've got, we've got no one up front, so we'll clear it away, but it's back on us again. This is really relentless and we're having to dig in deep. Ashley Young makes, that, makes a challenge on whoever it was and plays a forward pass to Watkins and he drives forward and, and takes a shot. I think we get the corner off it. And Philip Hart gets up in a stand innovation and it's this big, massive cheer and the biggest cheer of the day for, for one challenge from 35-year-old Ashley Young and, and a ball played forward. And it's as simple as that. And maybe that's how far our standards have dropped so far this season that a tackle from Ashley Young brings us to our feet. But that kind of moment galvanises us and we think, you know what, we, we actually might be in this. We might actually have a chance. He's 37, right, actually. I've just been, <laughs> been double-checking. And, uh, and you know, you do think is that going to be a mismatch, Phil Foden? Up against mm-hmm. up against Ashley Young, but he was brilliant. He looked athletic. He he was bright, so fit. bright on the ball. Um, you know, I mean, how old's Foden? Twenty twenty two, something Small like that. that. Yeah. So he's younger, he's younger than both. Fifteen years. Ashley Young's doing his GCS, GCSEs <laughs> while while Phil's you know kicking in his mommy's belly. Um, so it's, he did he did a really um, a really prime job, and might as well listen. There's more to Ashley Young than just what do we call it, Courtney Housery? Don't we? We don't call it SHIT Housery. There's more <laughs> to Ashley Young than just Courtney Housery. But I thought the last ten minutes of the game, we were super, super streetwise as well. You know, Emmy Emmy Martinez has gone down. Oh, I love that so his, much on Let's his last legs. That. Yeah. Uh, the- when he, as soon as that happened, he, as soon as he hits the deck, he's giving it the, the substitution motion with his fingers. And I said, said to my dad, "There's nothing wrong with him, surely. Nothing happened." But I thought, oh, I said, "Oh, he's done. He's done. He's done this motion. He, maybe this is it." And Robin Olsen doesn't come out to warm up for maybe a good minute. And I thought, "Hmm, that's strange." Usually, the goalkeeper hits the deck, and the goalkeeper on the bench instantly comes out. I think that was a great bit of managed kind of yeah. nonsense, if you like, because as soon as he was down, he puts the signal up. Every ten outfield players straight over to the bench. Gerard's giving them loads of signals, loads of loads of water taken in, whatever. And it's a case to say that was just after our goal, wasn't it? I think it's just, just after we scored. Just, just dis- disrupting, disrupting Man City, not letting them get into any kind of 
you know, any any rhythm. Uh, and I think, but you, but you could argue after we've scored, that breaks our momentum. We've just scored, and you're thinking, oh, you know, let's go out there, let's try and get a second. But we've seen it three times this season. After we score, we can see straight away. So yeah. Martinez going down instantly kills any momentum for either side, and that's absolutely fine because it kills off the game. And it was so so clever. And he got up straight away after that. Took on the water, come back, took on the instructions. He gets up, takes a kick straight away, and runs off. And it's like, yeah, he was absolutely fine. That's so clever. I think he he went down not, not long after that, and then picked up a ball. You know, took ages to get to his feet, and then picked it up and turned back to the North Sandwich and like that. It's a one all against Man City, but this is it. Like we're in this together. I, I love that. That's such a good moment. It was. It was like he, I think it was Haaland who was that Martinez was waiting to, waiting to come mm. to close the ball down. He picked it up as if he you know as if he'd scored a, a penalty in a World Cup final or something. Martinez and it just gives you that boost. And like you said, that that moment actually on that tackle in the first half. These are important moments, Dan. And, yeah, of course, you know, and I don't think it is a lowering of expectation that we we hanging on to moments like that because those moments almost kind of galvanise the galvanise the fan base the galvanise the team and they just help you grow into games um, mm. and we haven't seen we haven't seen enough of them and genuinely I know people will probably say oh you've changed your tune, tune and stuff like that Stephen Gerrard and that squad have got a, a lot of questions to answer and they've got to answer them consistently but in terms of making a you know making a a step forward. Um, I think it was. I think it was textbook. I thought it was. Thought it was a really, really enjoyable afternoon at, at Villa Park. We've said, haven't we? Make us look stupid. I'm more than. I'm more than happy to look back on the. I mean, it's easy done, isn't it, with this podcast? But I, I'm, I'm more than happy to look back on the first five podcasts that we've done at the end of the season and go, oh, we were overreacting. It was silly for us to be saying, you know, what's Gerard doing? I'd love to be proven wrong, and we still can go and have a successful season. But you've got to use today as a, as a build. In, in the next couple of games before the international break but I don't want any game Villa to lose I didn't go there today going oh yeah I hope we get battered so Gerard gets the sack I don't care who's in charge I don't care who the manager is whether it's Steven Gerrard or anyone else I want Aston Villa to win every single game that they play I'll never go there wanting us actively to lose so a manager might lose his job I mean, no one likes to see I don't want to be talking here about a guy losing his job and you know losing his He's a rookie Premier League manager, isn't he? If, he? if he fails with Aston Villa this early on, probably never gets a Premier League job again or no, no time soon anyway. And I don't want to be talking about that. I want him to turn it around because I want Aston Villa to succeed. But we were saying, and we were, you know, people were saying, oh, it's too early, he's only had five games or, or whatever. But we'd not seen anything that changed from last season. And that was the disappointing thing. We'd not seen any any psalms for optimism. And that's why the first few shows have been, have been so downbeat. But today is the first time I've come away from a game this season and gone, there is things there. There is things that they're working on. There is things they're trying to do. We've now got to go and back it up in, in the next couple, like I said, because you can get a one-all one draw with Man City and we all feel you know quite optimistic and, and the crowd's loving it. If you're going to lose 3-0 to bottom of the table, Leicester next week it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, it's it, it's if you're setting up kind of horses for courses. I'm not saying that tactically against Manchester City is necessarily easy, but you know that it's going to be a performance of containment, and yeah. you're going to have to the bits of time on the ball. You're going to have to use it wisely. You're going to have to conserve your energy when you can because you're going to be doing a lot of a lot of defending. The challenge for Gerard is. How do you do? How do you set up against teams when we're going to get more of the ball and they're going to do to Man City, you know, what we did to them? And I think these are the things that we need to see because I think there's going to be there's going to be tactical challenges for him every single week, and this is where he's inexperienced. He needs to learn quickly, 
and the players need to need to learn quickly with him. Um, but yeah, it's just nice that we've come back. I, I was dreading. I was well. I saw you this afternoon, didn't you? You popped around mine to bring me a bring me a light. Uh, I thought me tired clearing out my garage today was going to be the highlight of my day. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was an enjoyable experience. <laughs> Got a boot full ready for the tip, or I will have in the morning. But I was dreading dreading going. And I was dreading coming on this. That's not a nice feeling, is it? We don't want to be, you know, looking at Villa Park on a Saturday evening going, that's a bit of a chore. Or well, doing the podcast at nine o'clock on a Saturday evening after we've lost 6 0, that's going to be really downbeat. We said, didn't we? Like, we've done the is Gerard not ready for Premier League management discussion in the last couple of weeks. I can't go through another episode of doing that. You know, what else can we talk about if we do lose today? Because we've done it to death. But, you know, like I said to you, if we did lose, but there is a manner of a performance there and signs for encouragement, I'll take that. Because you know most sides will lose to Manchester City our season. Stephen Gerrard's career won't be defined on on a defeat to Man City. Um, I mean, we actually played alright in in both the games against Man City last season. It was one of Gerrard's first games last year, and then uh, the Etihad. Obviously, we all know turn it up and, and threw it away in a, in a mad kind of eight minutes or so. But we played well against Man City, and again today. So it's all about the performance. For me, the result was kind of not irrelevant, but a bit of a free hit. So to actually get the point as well. Like I said, that's got to be building blocks now and a bit of confidence to go into next week. Leicester City, bottom of the table. And obviously, that's not going to stay the same forever. They'll, they'll get a couple of results at some point themselves. Um, but there's people calling that El Sakiko. You know, whoever loses that will get sacked, Gerald or Rogers. So let's go there and, and beat Leicester and, and have some momentum. Then you've got Southampton at home on a Friday night. You play before everybody else. You're on TV again, go and show a performance. Then you've got a couple of weeks international break to really you know get a bit more a bit more of your method methodology into the players you've got to take that forward from tonight so should be a lot of people that, that are proud of them and, and and use that as a confidence boost to go forward um when it could have been a, another game and another podcast of four nil you know what was all that about what were we trying to do and, and thankfully it's not that for our sakes as much as anything yeah and you know we've been on so many podcasts over the last couple of years where i moan about the the atmosphere not being what it once was and being a little bit tepid and today was just a very simple case of you know build it and they will come do you know what i mean mm. you give us something give us that little bit of encouragement and we'll mirror it back yeah. you know with bells on we'll, we'll give you we'll give you back and i thought i thought the atmosphere was was really really good and there's a bit of a mutual appreciation society um like you say um martinez was trying to kind of pump it up for the last 10 to get us over the line. Um, at half time, I thought there was some, you know, really kind of healthy applause and it was, it was a much appreciated first half performance. Um, and I think all the, all the way through, you know, we could probably, I think that Villa Park, when we conceded that goal, tried to find, find our voice again and to try and mm. try and help us not, not crumble. And, that's that's what a, a football team with a good connection with 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 the supporters is capable of. Uh, but you need encouragement. It's hard to it's hard to crank that in. You know, as a fan, it's hard to crank that up if you're not if you don't think that you're seen enough on the pitch. Um, mm. And you know, and it's not, I, I didn't know whether to say this or not because it might sound like I'm being a bit of an arse. But so <laughs> yeah, well, I'm probably being a bit of an arse. I don't want to find faults in it, but. I'm glad that Gerard came onto the pitch at the end and mm. shook all the hands of his players and of the, of the opponents and gave the whole end and and the other stands a little round of applause. But we need him there <laughs> all times. You know, it's not nice when we've lost a game and and the atmosphere is uncomfortable. 
and awkward, but we need you there. You know, we'll grow to you. We'll, you know, we're obviously going to love you more if you produce performances like today and we get points and we get results in the bag. But we need a connection. You're talking well. about going going down the, the dugout in the last couple of games. And hmm. yeah, you know, tomorrow, sorry. It, it is it is an unforgiving environment being a Premier League manager because you've got you know, probably 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 fans uh, who are scrutinising your every move every week. And you've got a camera thrust in your face. So it's not nice, but you have to take the rough with the smooth. And I think I think those those moments, you know, and understandably so, upset a lot of people. Uh, yeah. So, you know, listen. I don't want to. I don't want to pick holes in it today because I think I think I think everybody connected with Villa from from you know manager, player, staff, and supporters did you know <laughs> gave us a little bit of a glimmer of hope back at the time when we thought we were all going to have a horrible weekend and a horrible mm. week. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I was quite surprised the Stephen Gerrard's can't do army chant came out so early, a couple of minutes into the game. And, social media and YouTube comments and Facebook and whatever else is obviously vastly different to, to the match going support. It does take a bit of time for you know, negative social media to spill into a stadium, uh, especially at away games. But everything we've done and Twitter feeds and Facebook and whatever else, obviously our work is online. This is the vast majority of stuff we see. Talking on the last podcast, 95% of the comments were Gerard out. And two minutes into the game today, it's Stephen Gerrard's camp army. Goes up again later in the game and I was like... Kind of took me aback a bit. I didn't think, not that I was going to get boos and Gerald out and stuff in the stadium, but I thought it'd just be a bit, you know, let's just ignore the fact and we'll kind of see what the result is at the end. But you've got to be, got to be supporting the side when you're in the stadium because that's when it makes a difference. You can have a moan online because it doesn't, doesn't really mean anything. But while you're in there, surely 42,000 Villa fans want every, every, every Villa game to end in a Villa win. Otherwise, why, why would you go? What's the point? So you, you need that crowd to be on your side and be supporting them because it does make a difference. Like I said, that Ashley Young moment, that was the moment where you kind of um, stood up and thought, we might be in this here. But it's got to be backed up. That's the thing. There were people, it's flips both ways. My dad's just texted me saying, tell, tell the idiots to get off Gerald's back. Yeah, it's too early and that kind of stuff. But the <laughs> <other> people, <laughs> well, yeah. But the flip side of that, all the people are going, oh, it's a 1 1 draw with Man City. Like, don't get too carried away either. So, you know, it's a bit of balance. Um, but there's, not, there's no point being overly negative because Stephen Gerald yeah. is Aston Villa manager and he will get our support while he's still here and, and doing well. I think it's. Um... I think it's the old Roy Walker catchphrase, say what you see. If Villa are crap, we'll say it. If Villa are brilliant, we'll say it. If Villa are bog standard average, we'll say it. And today, I thought Villa were excellent. Really, really excellent. Uh, and that gives me more encouragement going into, stating the obvious, going into the Southampton game, sorry, the Leicester game, mm-hmm. than the Arsenal game the other day gave me going into today. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's a good night. I've got me. I've got me rum and coke on the go. Um, <laughs> I've had a packet of Worcester sauce French fries on the way back to take the edge off. And you know how to party hard, don't you? Rock and roll, mate. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, let's do a man of the match then. Actually, no. Before we do that, like I said, we'll try and do it chronological. Let's talk about this Coutinho goal or non-goal. I've not seen any highlights back yet. I've literally jumped straight on. backwards. Well, we've talked about most of the game. Haven't we? Oh, what, do you want to go second half game? But do you want to talk about the goal first? Bailey's goal. Talk about their goal. goal first, because I thought, on, it, talk about their goal. thought it was, you know, not 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 name dropping, um, but I bumped into to Kev Grealish, Jack Grealish's dad before the game, and he was he was like saying, 
you know, beware the blonde bombshell um, <laughs> kind of stuff. Just say, just saying, you know, just Harlan's movement. He said, just watch him off the ball. Never mind mm. what he's like on the ball. Watch him off the ball because, you know, he will always find find that bit of space. And I thought Mings dealt with him really, really well. Uh, I thought Mings was winding him up a little bit. I think he might have even given his ponytail a little tug. He had his hands um, on his shoulders at one point talking in his ear and he was like, trying to brush him off. Yeah, and there was a, a little bit of that. I thought it was a good, good battle. Um, um, and I, Harlan didn't really get much of a sniff, did he? First half. I mean, he's been like that all season, hasn't he? There's all these stats come yeah. out that he's had eight touches but scored two yeah. goals, whatever. So you yeah. know he's not going to be on the ball much. But you, like you say, his movement is unbelievable. He's an alien. He's a freak. He's a he's Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, isn't he? Created in a lab and he still gets his goal and he, he takes it well, flying in at the back post, karate kicking, bundling over the, over the line. You think, oh God, here we go. But I thought Mings is a contender for man of the match and, and handled him really, really well, to be honest. Mings obviously gets a lot of stick from Villa fans, but hopefully you know, he's, he's allowed the same kind of praise as well. So I thought, like I said, I'll be doing a post on social media at some point in the next couple of days of timings empty in his pockets and a picture of a key and a picture of a wallet and yeah. a picture of Owen Haaland as well because he had, he had his numbers one, mate. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> numbers on it, it'll do well. <laughs> well, I think, listen, I'm not saying that Kevin De Bruyne is the only person in the Premier League who could deliver that ball and Erling Haaland's the only person who could have spun away and found space at the back post. That's clearly not true. But you've got two of the best exponents of doing both of those things. Um, and it happened. You know, it was the the moment. Listen, there's a couple of other opportunities as well when, when, when Man City have come close. But it happened and you either crumble or you're galvanised and you go again. And, mm. and, and Villa did it. Um, Thought Ming, yeah, I thought Mings was very good. I thought Ashley Young was very good. I thought Douglas Louise. I've, I've been through it, haven't I? Uh, who would you? Who would your be your um, pick then? Uh, I've probably got to be Young, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Young Mings. I thought Watkins did okay. I thought Louise played okay. Bailey similar. Obviously, he scored the goal. It's probably Young, to be honest, as as the man of the match pick for me. Obviously, from the Villa side of things, I didn't think Man City were their usual ruthless self. There's a few times that they missed the players, a few passes, and they yeah. dragged a couple of shots wide and stuff. Where I thought on another day they, they do win this four or five nil, but it's not another day. <laughs> and how many times have we come away from a side where we thought, God, they weren't even that good today, and they still beat us. We've not taken a single point from the top six last season, and this season we played one team in the top six, and we've got one point against them. Yeah. So it's already a better record against the top six this year than last year. So as you know, as much as the first four games before it report, you know we have got a decent result against the top side today. And like I said, they might not be their usual ruthless self, but on another day they do come out of that still, and they still manage to beat us two 0 And we think, oh god, where's that come from? So it's good just to get the point, get the result, a good performance as well. And like I said, happy evening for us all. Yeah, I thought I thought they were a bit ragged at times. I thought imitation is the best form of flattery. They're actually knocking the ball out of play. They you know how we played against Arsenal and they're trying to copy us. Um but they were ragged because we didn't we were so disciplined, we made it made it so hard. Yeah, we made it hard for them, yeah. I think we, we conserved our energy when we needed to. I think we pressed we pressed when we need, needed to. I thought the say the front three, I don't think it quite was a front three. I think it was Watkins as the, the lone striker and then it was Probably going in in packs. It was then then Ramsey and and and, and Bailey, and then it was. Um, I'm just trying. So I'm just trying to think what 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 the shape was. Was it a four three two one? Do we think it was three? Wasn't it? It was four three. Kamara, Louise, and and McGinn as, as a two effectively, and then Bailey and um, Ramsey dropping in as the two narrow behind Watkins as. Is that that Christmas tree? And like I said, one pressed out one side, one pressed out the other. But without the ball, they drop right in, and you've got you know, 
three midfielders like that and then two just in front of them and really compact, really tight and and looking to break on the counter. Um, that is the first game that we've not been expected to break the opposition down. You know, we're, out to, you know, we're expected to sit off. They're going to have the lion's share of the possession. We're going to have to panic. Oh my God, there's a spider on my microphone. Oh, what the hell? Ugh. Flicked it. Um, some of those little wispy ones. Yeah, any, um, um, any spider, spider conservationists? <laughs> about to say, somebody's probably going to report me for animal abuse. For he landed okay, you're right. Yeah, he's run off. He's definitely alive. Um, yeah, like, we weren't expected to break a side down today and we have to be able to sit off and go on the counter, which I think suits us. I think that, that is our best way of playing on the counter-attack. And when we're playing the likes of Bournemouth, struggling West Ham, Everton, at home, we're expected to break them down. I still do have some reservations about whether this side can break down a side if we're going to have 60% of the ball. Obviously, we'll come on to that you know, when those games come. But today, knowing we're going to have to sit back, be more compact, the full-backs aren't bombing on because they know they've got to be a bit more careful. Having that structure there as, as a as a baseline made it easier to counter. There was a load of times it pinged out wide to Watkins or Bailey, and you thought, "Oh my God, there's another half chance here." Um, so I think that side suits us when we're now expected to go and, and maybe break down Southampton at home in, in a couple of weeks. You know, are we going to come unstuck in similar problems? But like I said, let's talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, like I said, I'm sure there'll be more challenge. You know, not more challenging. Tests because Man City is a pretty is a pretty challenging test, but I think it's I don't know. I just imagine imagine the instructions are quite simple today. Whereas sometimes I wonder if we kind of overcomplicating things, and mm. I just think we need to just like I say go back to basics with it. And I think Gerard now I think I think he's probably bought himself some goodwill back from cynical, um, worried Villa fans, uh, at least for another week. And I think, you know, we said the other week, didn't I? I said the other day that I thought the first 10 minutes at Arsenal, 15 minutes, we couldn't question our uh, attitude and our running. Probably all game, you couldn't question that we were putting the effort in. Mm-hmm. But I think that there can't be any doubts that the team are together and are trying mm-hmm. and want yeah, to. Agreed. You know, all this kind of lost the dressing room stuff. I don't, I don't buy that. I'm not sure... No did buy that. I think they're infected by nerves at times during the Arsenal game because of the run of form that they've been on. It's pressure, but, isn't it? They're, they're only human beings lacking confidence who have not started the season well in a, in a time when all the media pre-season is, you know, let's push for Europe, let's push, push for top 10 and then you start poorly. You think, oh God, well, maybe we're not as, as yeah. good as we thought. That's, that's going to be hard to overcome whereas you like to think now they can look back and go, you know what, we took 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 Man City to the sword there and, and we, we created things against the best side in the country and one of the best sides in, in the world. Let's go to Leicester with some optimism about us and some confidence. So hopefully this is, like I said, the turning point now. It's got to be. Well, it has because, you know, again, without being doom and gloom, we've got four points from 18, possible 18 points, which, you know, is nowhere near good enough. I think that type of performance today, albeit with, you know, in terms of, I don't mean that. I don't mean playing that same way every week, but I mean having a game plan, mm-hmm. executing a game plan, being together. Uh, you do that every week. You've got a lot more chance than if you just do the chaotic kind of, not quite understanding what's been asked of you that we that, that have preceded it. So it's a good night. It's it's a it's it's a potential turning point. I'll leave yeah. it at that. It's a potential turning point. Do you want to talk about John McGinn a little bit? Yeah, what do you want to know? 
it's probably the. I don't want to feel like I'm digging out the captain because, well, I am, I suppose. <laughs> I thought he was probably the weakest link and being substituted after 65 minutes or so probably suggests that Stephen Gerrard agree with that. I don't think he's had a great season so far. And again, today, there was times where either Kamara broke it up or Louise won it back. I think Louise did a couple of keepy-ups and, and got round somebody in, in the first half and it came back to McGinn and he lost it within like a second. And you kind of go, oh, Doug Sawyer did some good good work there. McGinn's lost it again already. And there's a few times I thought well, McGinn looks off the pace a little bit and he gets subbed off. And I, I do think we were better after that. But it's just not a great look, is it? Your, your captain coming off in consecutive games. No, listen. I don't think he. I don't think he was terrible. I think he's played his no, part for an hour. I'm not saying he was terrible. He's played his part for an hour in a game where Villa have have, have matched or well, not. Let's say Villa have, have nullified and negated. We're still in the game. How how we've got to be in the game? We're still in it. The champions and there's a couple of moments where McGinn. Yeah, he's been a bit clumsy in possession a couple of times, but there's also a couple of times where he's the one who's led the charge with a, a tackle on the touchline and, and these kind of things. So I think it's going to be, I think it's a difficult time for McGinn mm. at the moment. Because I think he's, listen, he's been a Premier League player for the last three years. So he's not, he's not used to, he's not a stranger to scrutiny. But these people looking at him and thinking, okay then, all right, the manager's changed this for a reason. This is people within Villa and outside Villa. Change this for a reason. What have you got? And John McGinn, I'm sure, has got plenty, but <laughs> he's finding it hard to show it and to deliver it. And I think the biggest thing for me with Gerard taking McGinn off a couple of times is Gerard realising that he needs his best, most informed players on the pitch mm-hmm. at all times for, for Aston Villa to compete in the Premier League. But also, I think it, this sounds going to sound really stupid. I don't know whether I'm going about this the right way. But also, I think because he knows McGinn is a character who will learn from that. And he'll be disappointed that he, if he's been deemed not quite good enough to, to last the 90, especially as captain, of course he will. But Gerard knows that that's not going to ruin John McGinn. That's mm. going to be John McGinn who's going to want He's going to want to probably come and knock on the manager's door in a good way and knock on the coach's door and say... Listen, this is not for the one to try. You need to help me here. You need to guide me. What is it more that you need from me? What is it I'm doing wrong? And I think it's a backhanded compliment in a way. Because sometimes you could take your captain off and you think that's a real kind of snub. I don't think it was a snub. I just think it's Gerard wising up to the task at hand and mm. knowing yeah, that he's got a good character who will take that the right way. Emmy mm. um, Martinez, by the way. Coming out before the game, saying about like he doesn't just doesn't sleep when we concede. I feel I for him. Any idea? Why would you? Read? I just think I, don't, I think he's got so much energy that I don't. I can't. I can't, <laughs> why, I can't. I can't see him ever being asleep. I can see. You know what I mean. You can see him almost kind of. You know, giving a fist pump when he's when he's at his tea or whatever, or when he's put the bins out. He's just. I've never known anybody like him. He's just. He's just a kind of crazy ball of energy. He's brilliant, mm. isn't he? He's, 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 I love, I love that aspect of it. Well, from a, from a you know, physiotherapy point of view and a medical point of view, he needs his sleep to do, do his job properly. Get, get some forty winks, Emma. Watch this, mate. That, that'll probably be the best way to uh, <laughs> best way to have a nap. Mate, Martinez. Well, he was captain, wasn't he, for the he last captain, uh, yeah, yeah. for the last twenty five minutes? Um, skipping through some comments. Go on, carry on. 
No, no, I'm just, I, I want to give some, I want to give some, some shout outs. Um, there was, do you uh, want to talk about the Coutinho goal and stuff? Or is, is this yeah, the end we'll of the show? Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, but okay. I just, I've, got to, I've got to promise these people. So, um, a steward called Gino outside the uh, Trinity Road, as I was, uh, as I was going in, uh, he's a bit, he's a avid listener. Well, he says he is anyway. I don't know. We'll find out, won't we, if he's, if he's listening. <laughs> uh, but he, he said nice things about us. So, a big, big shout out to him. And I don't think he was the one who frisked me. I didn't get any special frisky treatment um, on the way in. Um, there was my mate, um, Jamie Marsh, who I've had my photo taken with him around the back of the bike sheds um, at Villa Park today. I thought I'd go and see the bike stand and see see what all the fuss is about. Um, looks good, mate. Looks good. Isn't it? Might, uh, I might might get me penny farthing out next time and get to Villa that way. <laughs> but Jamie is the coach. He's a mate of mine. He's a coach of my son's Netherton Colts under 15s as well. So I promised I'd give Jamie a big shout out. And there was a fella who, sorry, I'll shut up in a minute. There was a fella who bumped into outside the gents at half time. And I've turned my phone off, so I can't remember his name, but he's from San Francisco. Wow. He's part of the Californian Lions, and he's come over for, my phone won't switch on. He's come over for the West Ham game and the, who did he play today? The Man City game. Yeah. And uh, at halftime, I was thinking, oh, I just want to see a goal and a positive thing I can take back. So he did see a goal. He saw Villa's most complete performance of the season and he saw us pick up a point against the reigning champions. So I'm really sorry for forgetting your name. I've got it in my phone. Well, while yeah. you find that, I had somebody come up to me today and said it, and I was eating my massive hot dog, by the way. This big, massive, it was like this big, this hot dog. It was huge. It was really good. Waiting outside by the, like, the Astro Turfy bit by the Trinity Row side. Find that on your phone. I'm trying to feel for you here. He's, no, no, I can't. My phone's died. It won't, it won't uh, find okay, I think he might have been called Graham. I'll leave his okay. name in the comments at the end when I start <laughs> the phone. Yeah, this woman came up to me and she was like, are you, are you Dan? And I was there with my dad and my granddad. We took it into our burgers and... Um, uh, that's a spammer in the comments. Hang on, let me get rid of them. Um, done. Uh, we're eating these burgers, and I'm kind of shoveling this hot dog in my mouth, dropping onions all over me. And, and she's like, Are you Dan? I was like, Yeah, she's like, oh, I love the podcast. So I met my husband's over there, we had a couple of couple of drinks. We just wanted to pop by and say, Yeah, loved it, keep it up. Um, it's not, it's not open for ages, to be fair. So either no one recognizes me, which is probably quite a good thing, or this podcast isn't very good. <laughs> you got to the Dan Bardell autograph signing stage yet, or not? No, nah, I've I've never had an autograph. Actually, I've, no, I haven't. I've seen. I've been there with Dan when someone asked him to sign a program, and it was the funniest thing ever. Oh no, I've never had that. I've had pictures and stuff, but uh, yeah, if people recognise us, it's it's nice. It's nice that people watch the podcast and care about it. Um, can we go back to football now? Yeah, yeah. Where do right. we get to? Our goal. Well, oh god, how long is this podcast going to be? Go on and talk about Bailey for a bit. Um. Yeah, I've spoke about him before. Um, I thought he was disciplined. I thought that he, he like I said, uh, there's a couple of times where he gave the ball away because he was trying to be adventurous with it. But I thought for the most time, he kind of played the percentages right and and, and used the ball well and, and worked hard. And, you know, I've, I've seen a little bit around the edges of, um, what's his, what's, Craig, what's his uh, agent stroke stepdad Butler. called? Craig Butler kind of, you know, giving a couple of interviews and kicking off saying, you know, this is not part of Leon's plan to be on the bench. Uh, and that show he's the best player in the world or whatever. Yeah, and getting the vibe that, well, it's not Leon's plan, it's it's a team. So I think sometimes it can be a little bit negatively influenced by that and the, 
you know, like mm. I say, the show real version of Leon Bailey. So to see him, like I say, play for the good of the team was great. Uh, I think before he scored, there was an opportunity where he flashed one just past the post. Um, yeah, I was right behind that. It wasn't, I was, there was no point. I thought this is in, but yeah, there's a decent chance. Yeah, there was a ball that played the outside of his boot, I think, into Ollie Watkins in the second half that was that was sublime. Uh, he's got the he's got the tools, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? We know we know he has. We've you know he comes with a great pedigree from from when he's played in the Bundesliga, and I think yeah, I thought Ramsey did really well for the goal. Um, mm, yeah. you, know, you know when I've got my chronology. All mixed up now. What stage did it come when Watkins and Rams- Ramsey broke? And there's a slightly heavy ball, I think, from Watkins and Ramsey didn't get it under control. Was that nil nil or was that? It was, they definitely scored, I think. I don't know whether it was at one nil or one all, though. So I don't know whether that was to go on to win the game or whether it was yeah. for us to get back into it. I can't remember. It was definitely after that. I mean, they scored within four minutes of the first, uh, second half. Yeah. So it was after that, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. So I thought, um, but I thought, I thought Ramsey did. Particularly well for the goal going outside his man, good cut back, and yeah, just a quality quality finish, and it just kind of blew the roof off the place, didn't it? Um, just on on Bailey as well, staying fit. That's the main thing for me so far. He's not had, so I know anyway. He's not had a knock or an injury at any point in the season, and he's not played every single game. But he's had he's probably done more minutes in his first few games than he has for the whole of 2022 so far, to be honest. And that will be a stat somewhere that somebody will find and probably prove me wrong. But it feels like he's been in and out of side so much and always kind of flaky and comes back but picks up something else. And that's the main thing for me so far. Yes, he's looked good in pre-season and he's had a a decent enough start, I guess, in in, in patches. <clears throat> but still staying fit is the biggest thing for me so far for him. That's the biggest success there. No kind of cheese string hamstrings that we that we talked about a lot or you know, knees made out of biscuits or whatever you want to call uh, whatever you want to call it. Staying fit, that's a that's a big win. Big W. Big, big dub, dub as you got to say. <laughs> dub, yeah. Um hey, I've told you the you know the the phrase I've learned in the last few weeks. <sighs> Tweeted hit the gritty. Do you know about that? I've only just learned about hit the gritty. My son was teaching me on holidays. There are some videos in existence of me trying to hit the gritty, but I've... Uh, oh, can we put that on the podcast? Say again? Can we put that on the podcast? No, 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 no. Okay. There's that video, and I was on holiday in Greece a couple of weeks ago, and um, big shout out to Chewy. Chewy? 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 Looked at him. <laughs> what? Looked at, looked at him very hard. I'm, write, I'm writing a holiday review about it. Um, oh, but I'm wondering off topic here, but there's the there's video of me hitting the gritty, and there's pictures of me trying to get onto a paddleboard and my bum's <laughs> exposed. So none of these things are going to see the light. Where, where are we going with this? We didn't, you didn't need to mention that. Oh, that wasn't provoked or anything. I didn't get that out of you. That was that was you You openly admit that. Let's talk about Coutinho because we have got to wrap this up at some point. Um, parents will be fuming about the electricity bill. Um, fair play to him. It's very expensive these days. Um, Coutinho's goal, non-goal, that I probably wanted to talk about 25 minutes ago. Um I've not seen it back yet, but I don't think he was offside. But the thing with that, there's two, well, there's two things for me. One, I don't think he scores it if the referee doesn't blow it, because I think the Man City players give up. I don't think I don't think the goalkeeper actually really properly goes for it. I think he half heartedly goes for it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he scores if they don't blow up. But why is he blowing up? That's the thing that annoys me. Because it's always like there's a long ball and you know someone's offside, but they don't put the flag up until yeah. they've run 50 yards and touched it. Whereas with this, within a split second of Coutinho making his run back onside, if he was even off, he's 
I think there's some I've seen someone on Twitter, I don't know if this is true, between Coutinho going to take the strike and the referee burn his whistle was one second. So why not just leave it? And if you think he's offside and it goes in, VAR will rule it out. Because that's what VAR is there for. And if he misses anyway and he goes, well, he's actually offside, then you just bring it back for the free kick or let, let Edison you know, take take the goal kick or you know, pick it up from his hands and play on or whatever. So, one, I don't think he was actually offside. Two, I don't think he would have scored if the referee doesn't intervene anyway. So, I'm not kind of going, oh, we've lost a goal. But I don't get why the ref or the linesman has actually stopped it and put the flag up because just let VAR deal with it. That's the point of VAR, surely. Well, yeah, a couple of points there. I've watched it back on, on YouTube since I've been back and it wasn't offside. There's not an offside there. I agree with your point that if the referee didn't blow the whistle, then, yeah, Manchester City haven't defended that situation because they haven't needed to because the whistle's gone. And mm. I don't know whether Coutinho would have, would have scored in those circumstances. But you're absolutely right in terms of we see so many times where we know that there's an offside and play runs on for another 30 seconds just because yeah, you're waiting for the offside player to actually become active and, and touch mm-hmm. the ball. Why hasn't why hasn't he been given the benefit of the doubt there for 10 seconds, for 15 seconds? And, you know... I don't want to... Say it quietly because it's Manchester City. If that's the other way around, is that is that flag going up? I don't know. I think, oh, it's I think... not, is it? The big boys always get the decisions. Come on. I don't know. I think I think there's lots of incompetence that can be, you know, probably is, you know, I wouldn't say it's divided out equally, but there's lots of incompetence that refereeing that can that can go throughout throughout the division. But I thought the referee was poor anyway. Mm, I thought uh, I mean, every, we've got every fifty fifty was a foul. We've got big big Pep, who's like a kind of style icon for for baldy men of a certain age, um, <laughs> who's who's doing us bald, baldies a favour. Um, and then we've got Simon Hooper, who's who's bringing Baldies back. He's setting us back years, to be honest. And I thought <laughs> some, of the, some of the some of the decisions. I think there was one where um, Ake was it on Watkins or somebody. I think he kind of jumped, almost kind of tried to leapfrog him or, or have a piggyback. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think there was one was the one where Douglas Louise down by the Trinity Road touch nine as a second half halfway inside our half was assaulted and it was just played on and. There was a couple of instances like that. I didn't think he was a particularly good referee. Um, mm. And that, it's one of them ones, in it, were we denied a winner? I don't know, because the play wasn't allowed to to play out the way it should have done. Um, but I don't know, I think probably a draw. I think a 1-1 draw was probably probably fair on the balance anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it kind of doesn't to an, to an extent. But if that's the other way around, I don't think referee or linesman or whoever stopped play there, I don't think that happens. Sorry, I just burp. That was so rude. Um, I've been drinking a lot of water. <clears throat> I don't think that happens if it's the other way around, is my point. I think if that's Man City, they get the benefit of the doubt. And if it's offside, VAR will deal with it, and that's absolutely fine. But VAR sees that, to be honest, he's onside, so shouldn't be given anyway. Like you said, I thought every 50-50 was a foul. I thought Man City got absolutely everything and we got nothing. Big club bias? Well, no, big club. Top club, whatever you want to call it. They always get the decisions. Why, why are we trying to dress it up? Man United get every single decision. Liverpool, if that's, if that's you know big club versus bottom of the, the bottom of the league club, they never get it. Come on. Yeah, listen. <laughs> had this conversation once at time. I don't. I don't want to. I don't, I don't think the narrative is the narrative of any. Of no, it's not. But it's a talking point. I think, I think the narrative is of a Villa team that's you know when they're on the brink of, of conjured up something, have, have found a game plan, have found a performance, have found some spirit. 
Um, so I'd rather I'd rather focus on that than 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 dwell on um, old baldy chops doing us out, robbing us of a, a much deserved three points against the champion. What did you think about um, just the 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 greenish thing today? Obviously, didn't didn't get a sniff of. of of action today, I thought. I don't know. Is is time a healer with Villa Park a lot nicer to him today? I saw as he walked out before the game to take his seat on the bench. There was a kind of polite ripple ripple of applause. You know, the Villa to our die chant that, that only comes out against Man City was was without in in, in full force. So I, I suppose that's still a pointed message. But I don't know. I, I felt there was a kind of warmer. That might be because I've just because I've seen his dad today. But it, it was a, there's a kind of warmer vibe towards towards him mm, I'll be interested to see what the comments would say because I, I think I was ill when we played Man City last last season when he you know, the homecoming I wasn't there for that I watched it on TV and there was some boos some applause and a bit of a mixed reaction it would have been interesting to see what what would have happened when he came on I think he might have been booed when he came on potentially by some people but when he's just kind of going past the touchline there's people you know, kids asking for autographs and stuff like that and he was happily obliged many that I saw um speaking to some of the Villa lads and stuff, walking past to, to go in and into the tunnel and stuff. So I applauded him when he... Uh, um, actually, I didn't applaud him during the game when he was warming up or at half-time or anything, but I did at the end because he kind of did a bit of a lap. He was like, the, mass, the last Man City player to go in. I applauded him then because during the game, he's a Man City player, so I wouldn't applaud any 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 of the others, whether he's Villa, ex-Villa player or whatever. I just you know, was kind of helping the opposition kind of thing. So I applauded him at the end. Um, it, but yeah, there was no no booze or anything by me. So yeah, maybe Tom is a healer. But yeah, I don't know what it was like last season because I wasn't physically there, but it did seem a lot more kind of amicable this year than, than last. Yeah, I saw that Mr. Perslow was um, pitch side before the game, <laughs> had a little uh, had a little word with him before he went on a little bit. I don't know what he said. Coming back, <laughs> who knows? I think he was asking him about his injury because Jack was like rubbing his leg or something, and he went like this. So I think he was saying, "Are you fit or are you playing? Are you going to come on or whatever?" And I think Jack was saying, hey, "I'm not quite ready because he didn't come on to do." Um, yeah, whatever. Don't really care to be honest. People in the comments are like, "Is he homesick? Will he come back?" And you know, do you feel sorry for him that he's not getting a sniff? Not really. <laughs> he's a professional footballer on millions of pounds a year, like. Deal with it. <laughs> my, my mate asked his dad before the game. He said, uh, "He said, when's, when's Jack coming back?" He said, "Oh, he's back. He's on the bench." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, thank you. good for that, Kev. Um, but no, it was it was given what we've we've had in the last last few weeks. I didn't expect it, and it's really you know I've really enjoyed it today and got mm-hmm. away from Villa Park, my favourite parking space in a in a street that's gonna remain a secret to me. Is that where I told you to go down? Okay. I'll keep that for myself then. Yeah yeah yeah. Good. I mean you're like a secret handshake or something that no one else is watching this but it's just you and me who know about these two places. Yeah it's it's my secret secret parking space but secret parking street but a mate of mine parks about three cars down from me as well. <laughs> I might just kind of scratch his car next time, so he, you know, just to move the competition. <laughs> this is a bad place, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, I've been, I've been on me, um, I've been on me chopper bike today. So, um, are we done? I think so. Yeah, this is this is a, a much welcome podcast for me. Like, this is the most positive we've been able to be since pre-season when we're predicting Villa to finish eighth and win trophies. Um, 
and like I said at the beginning, I feel like we've been fair and, and, and rightly annoyed by the first few games of the season. 19th, like, what do you want me to do? There's a comment on the most recent podcast saying that I'm so negative and depressing. It's like, we're 19th. We've won three games in 20 or whatever the ridiculous stat is. I'm not going to come on here jumping around and being super happy. We've got Man City to come when everybody was expecting us to lose. Um, so to come away with a point, a decent performance and... 52 minutes of a happy podcast. 52 minutes, God. Um, on a Saturday night, there's loads of people watching, loads of nice comments. It's just nice, isn't it? This is what the podcast is supposed to be. I said a couple of weeks ago, the negative ones, this is what it'll be until Villa start doing something. Not just winning games, just do something on the pitch. So um, as much as you and me were maybe thinking this would be a bit of a, a slog tonight, you know, we're now out of the relegation zone. Yay. Now let's back it up against Leicester and Southampton. Yeah. I mean, the... <sighs> To me, oh God, it's like I'm hungry that I'm going to go for the food analogy as well again. But it's like today was, you know, it was a nice starter, wasn't it? It was a nice, I don't know, a bit of pate or a bit of bread and olive oil or whatever it is, whatever you like you start at. We need something substantial on top of it mm. now. Um, what would you pick? What, what, what is substantial? Are you about to ask me the same question there? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. We've had our garlic bread. We've had our garlic bread start. I want a lasagna next week. I want to feel full. I want to feel satisfied. I want, yeah. I want a, bit, a bit of cheese on top, a bit of flair. Win 3 0 at Leicester City. Why? It's the translation there. That's what lasagna means. My yeah. family will be watching this. I'm going to go and see them in a second. They'll be like, what have you been talking about for the last 50 minutes? What a waste of everyone's time that podcast was. Why do people watch this rubbish? Yeah, but if I see, I could have I could have a nice steak, but I know that if I talk that talk about that too much, I'm going to get to the fridge and there's going to be my fridge. My wife's bought these little baby cucumbers. Which because I'm trying Ooh, to lose yeah. weight, they're nice, but I prefer bag of Doritos anyway. Anyway, anyway. oh, one thing I wanted to mention oh, I actually like, I, I like the Man City. Um, you know, they used to do the Colo, Colo, Colo. Oh, Colo. I didn't like that. Rubbish. I like that. I like nah. I wish we got a chant that we could um put that in. I like the kind of Alfie, 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 um, Erling, Erling, Erling. I like that. Could have had, not... We could have had it for the chocolate makers, they're both gone now. Yeah, he doesn't scan though, does he? Carney, Carney, Carney. Oh, it does. It does work. Carney, Chuck, we make a Wow, we missed a trick, haven't we there? We'll bring them back. Um, well, I'm going to call it a day because we're just going to ramble on for the rest of the evening. Thank you very much to the 750 people that watch this live on a Saturday night. Fair play to you. Uh, oh, 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 one thing oh, I was going to ask. Friend. No, just to make sure we've pitched this right tonight, is the vibe that we've had that it's a potential turning point? Is that what you've had in the comments? Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, I think um, I think people know not to get too carried away, and that there's no point being you know negative. You know, some people, some people at the start they're kind of going, it's you know, it's still only four points, but yeah, but it was Man City. It was, a, it was this is hopefully a turning point. So um, I think you've got to back it up with something next week. Well, the next two, to be fair, I think even given where Leicester are, if you get a point at Leicester and beat, beat Southampton at home. You take four points and that those back yeah. batch of games backed up by Man City, even if it's the other way around, three points at Leicester away and one point against Southampton, I think he's yeah. a, a decent return still. You know, make a statement, go and win both. Then you've got a couple of weeks, like I said earlier, to, to kind of settle and get yourself refocused and come back for Leeds, Forest and somebody else relatively okay, I think, off the top of my head. Um maybe not. But yeah, you come back with that, that kind of run of games and, and you're on a bit of momentum then. So it's gotta be backed up with something, but there's no there's no reason to not be be negative. A couple of comments then. Um, still gets two games for me, but I'm hopeful. Um, got to build on this. Turning point will be the next three games, hopefully. Colin, hopefully two wins to come at least. Um, if we play like that, win or lose every week, I'd be happy from Tom. 
Um, if it had been any team outside of the top six, I wouldn't be feeling this happy about a one-all draw, but honestly buzzing over the result. Yeah, I think if that was a one-all draw against... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't think it was mid-table. Uh, Leicester, I guess. And this was the first kind of half-decent resort of the season. You go, yeah, but it's only bottom place Leicester. It's Man City. We could have easily got pumped. We didn't, and we played well. So, happy end to the podcast. It's good enough for me, mate. My rum's gone anyway. So, I'm going uh, to top that up and have a baby cucumber anyway. So. So everyone, thank you very much for watching. If you're watching this on Sunday morning or afternoon and you're, and you're catching up, get involved in the, in the comments down below and uh, let us know what you think in terms of content for the next week. Um, it's, it's a week to the next game, isn't it? We play on, on Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll have, a, we'll have a podcast in the week, then we'll do a preview and then we'll be talking about Leicester basically it's the next couple of shows and, and now we can have a nice week of, of optimism rather than being down in the dumps. Um, so Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for everyone for watching along live. Um, yeah, we'll see you again in a couple of days. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.